You are listening to the Good Shepherd Church Owensboro podcast. For more information, visit goodshepherdchurch.cc. Read 10 chapters of my Bible. Those things are good, and I'll do those things. But he really just wants me to be aware that he's with me. Can I ask you a question, church? Are you aware that he's with you? Do you really believe that he's with you? You won't get very far unless you believe that he's with you. He's right beside you. You know, I was, I was in my office this morning and Miss Faye gave me this amazing prayer shawl. I had that thing over my head like a true Israelite this morning. And I could just, I had this thing just covering me in my claw or my office. And I could literally, I don't know how to explain it, but if you, if you know, if you're a kid, if you go home and get you a blanket, just throw it over your whole body. And I was just walking around my office and I could just feel like this, basically this like hovering, obviously it was the shawl. And I could feel like this hovering, like surrounding of someone like this, like this, basically this, like this tent. This, I felt so like covered, if you will, and just so uh, protected. And I feel like we just need to become aware of the things we believe, that he, He's with us, He protects us, He's our refuge, He's our strong tower, He's our Redeemer, all of these things, that He heals us, that He restores us, that He redeems us, all of these things that He is, He, he is and He's available. He's very easily available, church. And you don't have to come to a church to find Him. I didn't say you don't have to come to church. Thank you, Latricia. We can move from this place. Awesome. It's good to be back in the house of the Lord this morning. Uh, it's really good to be back. I've been sick and feeling like death. Uh, so let's go ahead and pray that I, that I don't get sick anymore in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, let's pray. Heavenly Father, you are so good. Lord, I just thank you for the testimony. Uh, Lord, of healing of so many people from a couple of weeks ago, even in our services, Father. And Lord, we just say, do it again. Father, I thank you for health. I thank you for health over my body. I thank you for health over all of these people in this room. Anyone who's struggling with health problems right now, Lord, we just command sickness and pain, cancer, arthritis, all of these things to leave in the mighty name of Jesus. God, we pray for pain to go right now. And Father, I thank you that today is a day of breakthrough. Today is a day of transformation. And today is a day where the Holy Spirit will come and every other spirit has to go. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. <clears throat> yeah, uh, Pastor Daryl, I was watching online. Pastor Daryl did a great job. Come on, give it up for Pastor Daryl last week. I love Pastor Daryl. I always tell him, just be yourself, man. Just be yourself. And uh, he talked about honor, and uh, I was watching he really blessed me. He honored me really well. Um, I did not tell him to get up there and honor me. That had been awkward. Uh, but I felt really honored and blessed by him. And uh, man, it, Pastor Daryl's been on a crazy run, and, and Tricia and their team, and he done did youth camp, and then VBS, and then he's got back from children's camp, so he needs like a three-week vacation. And uh, literally, if I could get him to take one, I'm going to have to fire him to take, get him to take a vacation if you know him at all. I always joke with him and tell him I'm going to steal his computer and his cell phone and everything else. Um, 
But anyways, how many of you know your pastors need rest? <laughs> Fridays. Uh, you know, some days, people don't understand a pastor's job is 24-7. It's quiet in here. Some of you understand. But it's 24-7. People are always texting, always calling. There's always a problem. And then when we hear of something that happens, our hearts get connected. You know, some, we can't just, if some of you call us and say, you know, my son's just got life flighted to, to whatever. This, I had a message just the other day. My grandson's life flighted to Louisville. My heart immediately is engaged. <laughs> and I start to be like, man, I have a burden, a burden of prayer, a burden of just asking God to do something. You know, I can't just be like, okay, I'm going to think about that later. <laughs> you know what I mean? So we're, we're grateful for Pastor Daryl and Tricia. They're doing an awesome job. But I've been sick. Praise the Lord, I'm not sick anymore. My wonderful little baby got me sick. She's so beautiful. And then she was sick. We didn't know what was wrong with her. And then Carter was snuggling up with her and everything. She's so cute when she's sick. And the next thing you know, he was sick too. And, uh, and then Mercy was sick on Saturday. And then Redding was sick. And then Carter got sick. Everybody was sick. So it's been a crazy week for me. And I got six or more later this week, so it's been a wild time. But let me just share this with you guys. I believe, and I'm believing for the Lord, partnering with me, this is important, is redeeming my health and my body. Let me say this real clearly. It's also up to me. Not just prayer. You know, we can, it's just a silly thought, right? We can continue to live the same lifestyle and expect our health issues to stay the same. Or not, or to change, excuse me. But the Lord, I believe, has given me a promise that if I would really get in shape and really take care of myself, that he would heal my back. Amen. And I'm just letting y'all know, because that's what I feel like he said. And when it happens, you, I said it here, you can record it. I've said it for a couple years, I'm still not there yet. But isn't that kind of crazy how the Lord would say something like that? Hey, Mike, whenever you do this, I'll do this. How many know that's how he functions in a lot of ways? That he partners with us doing something on the earth and he'll release something in heaven. It's just, that's what prayer is, right? And so, anyways, I was just thinking this past week, I'm going to be honest, I've been really discouraged. Like, I got a lot going on in my life, I'm just going to tell you. One of the main things people tell me about coming to this church, they say, man, you're just very genuine and very transparent. This is what you get. And but the reality is, man, I've been going through a lot. And I've been going, man, I remember my brother Diamond, uh, not even that long ago, we were having a conversation. And we were just talking about all kinds of trials that I've been through since I got saved, really. And just in the church and with people, all kinds of crazy stuff, okay? And Diamond was just like, man, I'm sorry, Mike. <laughs> and he's like, you've just been through a lot of crap ever since you got saved. And I was like, yeah, you're right. I'm glad you recognize that. And... Um, you know, when I was thinking this morning, um, there's a scripture in the Bible, and this is not really what I was going to preach on this morning. I, I still want to maybe talk about what I was going to talk about, but the Lord, uh, there's a scripture in the Bible that says that Jesus learned obedience. Does anybody know that scripture? It's in Hebrews. It says Jesus learned obedience through suffering. We ain't putting that on t-shirts, are we? I'm sending you as lambs to the slaughter, he said. We'll put that on shirts, right? As sheep among wolves. I think that if we've portrayed the gospel as some type of living out the gospel and living victorious as some type of easy thing, we've really done a poor job. 
It is a simple thing of being dependent on God and believing Him and trusting in Him. But it is not an easy thing. If it was an easy thing, everybody would be mighty men and women of God. But it's not. And all the mighty men and women of God that I know are not people who've gone, who don't go through anything. They're people who've gone through a whole lot of stuff. And they come out faithful and sometimes they come out broken. But overall, they come out faithful. And this morning, I was just reminded of Robbie Dawkins. I mean, you know Robbie Dawkins? Robbie Dawkins, evangelist, apostolic guy. Um, Not, maybe that's a bad word to use. Um, Anyways, he's an evangelist. He's an apostle. And he's got this ministry where, I think we've talked about this before, where they were a part of the gangs in Chicago in Aurora, Illinois, and, and what they would do is, it was so violent in their hometown. And, and in, their, in their hometown, you know, you've lived up there, right? And I think I'm just going to talk about this this morning, guys. Um, otherwise, we're going to be here for a few hours. Uh, and he would talk about, this is really cool, I feel like this, this really needs to be said, and this is just kind of what's going on in my life, so I'm, I believe that the Lord just wants to share. And Because uh, I believe what's happening to me, you all need to know. And I believe what God is speaking to us and me and my family, it's for our church and it's for the city. And, and I believe what happened was Robbie Dawkins was talking about how in Aurora, Illinois, they planted a church, a vineyard church. And it was the gang violence and, and murders and all this crazy stuff was happening. And, and people in their church would get killed. And, and there was this one story where Robbie was this girl who was uh, dating this really big uh, drug lord. Uh, she got saved, got convicted that she should stop having sex. Somebody say there's a children's church. And she should stop having sex with the guy. And then this guy, this, this drug lord came looking for Robbie, the pastor, to kill him. <laughs> Don't mess with the man's lady, you know what I'm saying? And he was just going through this crazy warfare. Where this, this gangbanger shows up at church looking for the pastor because he didn't convince his girlfriend to stop sleeping with him. You know, but really she come under conviction of the Holy Spirit and she started to live a pure life. And so Robbie started seeing these like crazy gangbangers and uh, just come to Christ. And what happened was they would, when there was murders in the town, there was a couple of local gangs. And when there was murders, there was one gang, if somebody got um, killed, that this one gang would take, they would call it taking a toll. And some of you might have heard this before. And it's just, and they would go, so if, they, if you killed one of their gang members, then the other rival gang would say, well, we're going to go take a toll on your gang and your family, and we're going to go take out three of your gang members and their, or their family members. Do you see what I'm saying? So basically to teach them that you're not going to mess with me. Because when you mess with me, it's going to be triple the times the worse on you. Does that make sense? And he would start to, so what they would do in the, in the, how many of you know we're in a spiritual battle as well? Some of us actually truly don't have any idea what that means. But that means there is an unseen world. There is an unseen realm. How many of you remember the story in Daniel where Daniel, all we know about Daniel, we remember that Daniel's fast. And that's where we hang our hat and we eat berries and nuts and all this stuff. But what was happening? He was fasting. And if you remember in Daniel 10, what happened? An angel of the Lord, it said that the angel of the Lord appeared and said, hey, I heard you at the first prayer, but I was fighting with the prince or the chief prince over Persia. What the heck does that mean? It means that he was fighting. There was an angel. Listen. Do y'all know what you believe? Do you know what you believe? You, do you believe that? Raise your hand if you believe the Bible. Raise two hands if you really believe it. 
Come on, somebody. Hey, listen, you don't have to believe the Bible, but if you're a born-again Christian, you definitely have to. I tell people all the time, friends and sinners, do you, be, do you believe the Bible? True. I'm like, it's not a trick question. You don't have to. I'm, it's not, no one's holding a gun to your head and telling you you do. But if you're born again, you should believe the Bible. It's true. And it says that the prince, I might have this a little wrong, but it says the prince of Persia, it says was literally there, and the angel said it was withholding me. And he said, and for 21 days, I was fighting with this other demon in the spirit realm. Do you know what you believe? And what happened? He said, and then art the archangel or the chief prince, Michael, come on somebody. That's my name. <laughs> my wife reminded me this week, you are feeling better. You're cheeky again. That's what she said. I got my, my jokes back, I think. She said, you are really feeling better, aren't you? And what happened was it says that the chief angel or a chief prince, the Bible says, Michael came and helped him and relieved him from this, this, this warfare that was happening. What the heck is happening? Think about this. There is a spiritual realm and there is a spiritual battle going on over your life, over my life, over anyone. Let me tell you this much. The devil does not care about the ones in the church that are just going to church and doing nothing else. He's not a, you're, come on, Maddie. You're not a threat to him. There's actually a book by C.S. Lewis called The Screwtape Letters, which is about an upper class demon talking to a lower class demon, and he's trying to convince the lower class demon not to worry about the ones who just go and play church. They're of no threat. Don't worry about attacking the families that just go to church and just check a box, or maybe they give a little money and they're just trying not to cuss. Don't worry about them. Because they're not making any impact in the kingdom. Think about that. If you've got a lot of warfare going on, come on, Miss Faye, you're probably doing something to advance the kingdom. If you might not be going through any warfare, you're probably not doing anything to advance the kingdom. I'm just telling you. If you want to do stuff for the kingdom of God, you're inviting warfare into your life. But remember, greater is he who is in me than he who's in the world. Jesus said, in this world, you will have troubles, but take heart, I've overcome the world. He gave you all these promises to say, listen, you're gonna go out and you're gonna be an ambassador for Christ. You're gonna do stuff for me, but guess what? I'm gonna be with you. The battle's already been won. Here's some armor for you to walk in. Why do we have armor? Because we're in a battle. I can tell you, my whole Christian life has been a battle, I promise. Heidi Baker, I don't know if y'all know who Heidi is. Heidi's known for, I think they've seen a million souls come to Christ over in Africa. I heard a testimony of a girl, one of her missionaries that said it was, she, she kind of like changed her mind about the mission field and different things, but she was talking about how Heidi, it doesn't seem like a very encouraging word. Heidi's this general in the faith that we believe you know just amazing woman of God and she was talking about in her ministry in all these years she was saying that the mountaintops were very few and far between and I was like oh man that's not very encouraging <laughs> but did you hear what I said at the beginning over a million souls have come to Christ Robbie Dawkins, what they would do is if one person got killed in their neighborhood, Robbie and his team and their church would go out into the streets and they would not stop until three people got healed, set free, or delivered or something. 
Yeah, that's amazing. So he started to take, he started to do what the gangs were doing. He started to say, fine, devil, devil, if you're going to wage war on this city, on my area, then you're going to pay for it. Man. Oh. I was reminded this morning that God can only partner with faith. (laughs) God will love me in my despair. He will love me in my depression. He will love me in my brokenness. But if we're going to get things done for the kingdom, I have to have faith. Did you hear me? If you're going to get things done in the supernatural realm, you got to have faith. You got to know how to put your armor on. You got to know how to wield your, your shield. You got to know how to wield that sword of the spirit. You got to know how to use the word of God. It's not, I love what Johnny Cash said, living for God is not for sissies. It just ain't. You can play church. That's for all the sissies there is. That's easy. Make you feel good. Make you feel nice. But this morning as I was praying and I was just seeking God and I was just like, okay, man, I've been discouraged. And I've been on this line of like, okay, I'm not discouraged. I'm going to fight. I'm going to declare. I'm going to speak. I'm going to speak life. I'm going to believe God. I'm going to believe what he says. This is why we do declarations every week because we believe God what he says and we declare what he says. And I'm about to start preaching on that next week and for a few weeks about how our words matter. And, but this morning I'm here to, to remind you that warfare is, is literally, I can't, I can't, I don't know the right word. Warfare is, is what you signed up for. <laughs> Whenever you actually prayed, so many of you in this room prayed, I want to do mighty things for God. And then, man, I feel this strongly. And then you start to go through some warfare and you gave up. I'm going to be a mighty warrior of God. I'm going to reach so many people for Christ. Some of you, you might have been 15 years old. You might have been 21 years old. You might have been 40 years old. You might have been 30 years old. And then right after you said that, you saw you start to experience some heavy warfare, some sickness in your body, some people in your family start to run away from Christ. You start to see crazy nonsense start to happen. Why do you think that is? Can't you see this morning? That the enemy comes because he does, whenever he, he sees you as well, he sees you at the altar. He sees you saying, I'm going to be awesome for God. I'm all in, Jesus. I'm completely abandoned for you. The devil sees you as well. And he's right there thinking, oh, no, you ain't. <laughs> Heck no. I can't get any more Smith Wigglesworths out there. I can't have any more Billy Grahams. The devil's thinking, oh, no, we can't have any more Robbie Dawkins. We can't have any more Todd White's. You go to a conference, you go to something, you get inspired, and you're like, I'm going to start to live mightily for God. And what happens? Boom, warfare. And then what do we do? We crumble. And we start to question God. Well, God, what happened? I thought you were with me. He is with you. Well, God, what happened? I got sick again. Now I'm sick again. Now I got to go to this thing. I, I'm telling you right now, I got so much health stuff coming up in my life. It can be very discouraging. But I know it's warfare. Because I can feel it in the supernatural. I can feel it in my, I can feel it in my spirit. It's trying to make me hopeless. If you can feel hopelessness on you, it's demonic. It's demonic. Because there's nothing, listen, there's nothing more powerless than a hopeless Christian. 
I'm not here to say that you're not saved and God doesn't love you and forgive you. But I'm telling you, you're not going to do amazing things and great things for the kingdom of God being hopeless. Think about this. What do you have to give? The whole world is hopeless. We cannot be hopeless. We are actually the people who are called in the midst of sickness, in the midst of pain, in the midst of disappointment and say, my God is faithful. My God is a healer. My God is a God of breakthrough. My God will restore my children. And as soon as you get a call that says he overdosed again, you stand and you say, no, not my son. My, my son will come back to life. My son will be restored. My son will preach the gospel. You have to start to stand, church. And you have to start to really believe. And you got to understand some things. That when you said, I believe there's so many of you in this room that you want to do mighty things for God. And you've gotten, you've become religious. You've become the thing that you never wanted to be. You wanted to be on fire for him. And you found yourself and you're not. You went to youth conferences and you got touched by God mightily. And then you went through 10 years of warfare. Let me remind you, David was anointed king by the prophet and then he was a fugitive for years and ran for his life. (laughs) We leave that part of the story out, don't we? We just like the part where he's anointed, he kills Goliath and then he's king and then he's dancing like a crazy person. But we forget the fugitive years. We forget the years when he, he wrote in Psalms and 23 and all these where he says, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? You know, David was the one who wrote that, that line first. I have that literally tattooed across my back because I was convinced when I was lost, God left me. But he never left. Amen. I left. And God doesn't leave you. And this morning as I was praying, that testimony and that that story just started to really get a hold of me of like, I felt like God was standing there as a father and he was like, Michael, what are you going to do about it? (laughs) This might not be the greatest analogy, but almost like if one of your, your boys is getting picked on and beat up and you know he's strong enough, you know he's got enough talent in him, you know he can box... You're kind of like, well, what are you going to do about it? <laughs> if you have more than one, one child, you know, sometimes they're fighting it out and it's kind of like, freaking defend yourself. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, well, how are y'all going to learn? Sooner or later, y'all need to learn that he's bigger than you. You're smaller. Come on, somebody. Sooner or later, we're going to learn that we're bigger than the enemy is. Yeah. That we're the bigger brother. We're the one that he hates. Why? Because we're everything that he wanted. We got the image. We we got to be sons of God. We got to be co-crucified. We got to be seated in heavenly places with Christ. We got everything that he wanted. He hates it. And then when you go around and you finally get a revelation that you're God's son and that you're adopted to be his and you're a child of God, he hates it even more. And then what happens? Car breaks down. You get a flat tire. And then what do we do? Oh, God, Pastor, everything's just going wrong. Instead of realizing that you're the big one. 
And the Lord was sitting and looking at me this morning and he was saying, Michael, are you going to let the enemy do this to you or are you going to make him pay for it? And I thought, oh man, (laughs) he's going to pay for it. (laughs) Oh my goodness. I'll be interceding like nobody's business this week. I'll be sharing the gospel and I I can feel it already. My heightened awareness of the Holy Spirit everywhere I go, I'm going to be looking for opportunities for the kingdom of God to be advanced in a greater level because the enemy is going to learn that when you mess with me and my family, you get a toll taken out on your kingdom. Doesn't that make you feel good? We're not little puny little Christians. We're warriors for Christ. We are soldiers for God. This is the gospel. He didn't save us just to go to church and put our, we got to put our church clothes on. We got to dress up and sing some songs. No, he came and he said, listen, your church clothes looks like the armor of God. It looks like the sonship of God. It looks like the blood of Jesus. Those are your clothes, a robe of righteousness. And you start to walk in that. Guess what? You start to have that revelation. Our church, I'm telling you, is on the verge of so much breakthrough. I'm telling you it is. And on the verge of breakthrough comes opposition. And I'm telling you this morning, if you're a part of the opposition of what God is trying to do here, you better move out of the way. You better move. Because God doesn't play games. Whew. I'm reminded of the scripture, I think in Acts 5, where it says that the, the disciples were, some of the apostles were arrested for preaching the gospel. How many of you remember that? And there was one of the people in the Sanhedrin who stood up, and they're like, we should kill them or imprison them. And one of the Pharisees in the Sanhedrin stood up and said what? He said, we bet, he said, yeah, how about this? We leave them alone, and if what they're doing is not of God, then it won't amount to anything. He said, but if it is of God, then what? We need to be careful because we will be fighting against the Lord Jehovah. Wisdom. Don't get in the way of what God wants to do. Don't get in the way of what God wants to do in your family. Don't get in the way of what God's trying to do in your finances. God, Listen, God, we would do ourselves a big favor if we would just ask God before we buy a lot of things. And then all of a sudden we go through what we think is warfare, but it's actually self-afflicted things. There's a big difference. Well, God, I've been tithing, but you also got a bunch of debt last month for a TV and a new car. <laughs> I heard an old saying it was back in my day, you, if, you, if you didn't have money for it, you couldn't get it, right? Wouldn't that be nice? But wouldn't it be amazing if all the hell you've been through, you start to think about all that and you start to muster up some courage and some strength and you say, you know what, devil, you're going to pay for this. All the heartache you've put me through, all the times you've attacked my family, guess what, you're going to start to pay. And I'm going to go and grab every single broken family member I know today and I'm going to give them the biggest hug and I'm going to encourage them and I'm going to bless them. I'm going to get on my cell phone and I'm going to call every single friend of mine that I know is broken and afflicted and addicted and I'm going to start calling them and I'm going to start to pray and prophesy over them. It's going to be a long day for you today, devil. Man. So listen. The enemy can still, he can mess with me all he wants. He can come after my health. He can come after my finances. He can do whatever he wants to do. But God is redeeming my body. And God is redeeming. Man, he has done so much for me. 
when I, when I got saved, I had nothing. I had no car. I had no job. I had zero. And look what he's done with redemption. And we're still believing God for more. We're believing God for a bigger house. Some of you might think that sounds like prosperity. Well, guess what? There's six of us in that house. Won't you come over for a little bit? And won't you just, I invite anyone in this room to come check out our home at any time. I promise you. We're frugal if you know us. We are very frugal. We don't go into debt for furniture. We just don't. If we don't have it, we don't get it. If it ain't on marketplace, it ain't ours. <laughs> We're buying y'all stuff. Good stuff, though. Pastor Daryl can tell you. I'll be like, get in the car, Pastor Daryl. We're going, we're driving an hour and a half to pick up something random. He's like, what? I'm like, don't worry about it. Let's get in. It's going to be fine. But God's redeeming these things. He's redeeming my finances. He wants to redeem your finances. He wants to redeem your body. But you've got to start to partner with him with some faith. And you got to start to make some lifestyle changes. you got to start to say, you know what? The enemy's got me down, but God's lifting me up. He's lifting me up, and I'm going to learn to fight. And I'm not going to sit down. I'm not going to stay down. <laughs> I had a moment this morning where I got back up. <laughs> oh, listen, that was, way, that was worth way more than that. Some of y'all know what it's like because you've been there. Some of you are just still playing church. I pray you get delivered this morning from that. Maddie, your word that was perfect, it was spot on about the mask, about all that stuff. Some of you need to take off the mask and repent of that mask and let it down and step into the fullness of what God has for you. Don't just keep getting revelation and doing nothing with it. Right? Our job on Sunday morning as pastors and leaders is to give you tools and revelation. And with those tools, we pray that you build an intimacy and a character with God. But listen, I can give you a hammer and I can give you wood, but you still got to build something. Right? So take the tools, take the revelation you received this morning and start to build your relationship with the Father and learn how to fight him. Could you stand? Somebody can play something, please. Hallelujah. I don't even know what time it is. Listen, y'all can be blessed today. 12.05, man. My goodness. Some of y'all are smiling way too big. Y'all need to repent. <laughs> Y'all don't need any of that food you're probably about to eat anyways. I guarantee it. The health options around here are few. We keep adding worse options like, I almost keep saying Kung Fu Panda. Was it Panda Express? That's how you know I'm a dad, okay? I keep calling that place Kung Fu Panda. I'm, like, I'm dead serious every time I say it. That's not the name of that place. That place was sent here by hell. Can somebody say Amen. <laughs> <laughs> We're in spiritual warfare. <laughs> Some of y'all need to smile. I'm going to tell you right now, the ones who ain't smiling, y'all need it the most. You really, really do. And I'm just going to keep smiling anyways. Would you close your eyes before I fall off the platform? Thank you, Lord, that I got back up this morning. Thank you, Lord, that you're giving your church an opportunity right now to get back up. Father, we just prophesy right now and we speak, say, get up. Get back up. Those who have been beaten down for maybe 20 years, it's time to get back up. It's time to make the enemy pay for 
all that he has stolen. I love that old song. I went to the enemy's camp and I took back all that he stole from me. We just declare today in this church that we are, we are invading the gates of hell and they will not prevail against the body of Christ. That we will go and them gates will be broken. And the church of Jesus Christ will invade with power and authority and we will bring redemption and healing and restoring to the darkness. Father, I thank you for the glory of the Lord. I thank you for the manifestations of your Spirit. God, I pray for fresh baptisms of the Holy Spirit. I pray for fresh feelings of the Holy Ghost. God, I pray for fresh encouragement and fresh fire to fall on your people even right now. Lord, help us to get back up and fight. You can't keep us down. Lord, I pray that you would put people on our hearts right now individually that need salvation, that need healing, that need a touch from you. And we would make we would make it our course for the rest of this week to reach to these people, to share the gospel with them, to pray with them, to lay hands on them, to intercede for them, to stand in the gap for them. If the enemies, whatever it is, if you've got a family member that's in addiction, start to pray for other families with members in addiction. Start to volunteer at Friends of Sinners. Start to push back on what the enemy is trying to do. If you've got an attack on your finances, do something supernatural and start to give money away. And just start to declare, devil, you're not going to have a hold on my finances. You're not going to have a hold on my house. You're not going to have a hold on my kids. Could our prayer team come quickly? Let's just take a moment. If you could just keep your eyes closed. I just want you to just let whatever the Lord was doing in your heart this morning, just let that go deep in your heart. Including myself. Thank you, Jesus. You're so good. And I just pray if there's anyone here today that could say, listen, Pastor, I do not even have a relationship with Jesus. I don't even know Christ. I need to repent of my sin. I need to make Him Lord of my life. I need to be born again. If that's you, before you leave, I want you to come down for prayer. And I want you to come down to these altars and you will meet with Jesus' face. And literally, He will take away your sin and He will make you a child of God. If you need salvation this morning, if you need to give your life to Him, or maybe you've been running from Him, before you leave, I pray that you would leave your pew and you would come down here in confidence and not be ashamed. If you need salvation, I want you to come down. Anybody at all in this room, I don't want you to wait. Listen, you might not have to next Sunday. If you need salvation, I pray that you would come. God wants to meet you with mercy and loving kindness. Thank you, Lord. If you need prayer for healing in your body or anything at all that we can partner you with before you leave, We'd love to pray with you for anything at all. If you have any prayer needs or if you want to spend time at the altar, that's fine. Do me a favor. Look at your neighbor. Say, neighbor, do you need prayer for anything? If they say yes, you can just bring them down here. Say, I'll go with you. And let me pray over you. Father, in Jesus' name, Holy Ghost, have your way. Anoint us. Pour out your love on us. Comfort us. And help us to walk in the full armor of God with authority and dominion and power that you've given us, Father. In Jesus' mighty name, bless your people, bless this church, and bless this city. Can we put our hands together for the Lord this morning? All right, you guys have a good week.